0: Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me again via Skype is my friend Michael Lebov. And uh, Mike, the Islanders have lost three games and won one game last week. Uh, do you want to start with the three losses or the one win?
1: No, let's uh, let's start with the good news. <laughs> let's uh, let's just get get that part over with, and then we'll get right back to our to our old selves and,
0: <laughs> and ha, ha, have, have
1: ourselves an old-fashioned freakout
0: session. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So uh, the one win was obviously uh, over John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday. Um, if you're sick of hearing about this topic, I totally understand. If you want to fast forward about 20 minutes or so, I'm not going to take it personally. It's totally fine. Uh, you know, I think we're all getting to the point where we've kind of been over and over this topic, and some really good pieces have been written, some really idiotic things have been said. Um, but uh, you know, we we kind of have to talk about it because uh, it was the only win of the Islanders last week, and and boy, I don't think it's a game that anybody's going to forget anytime soon. In particular, you because you were actually there, and not only was that memorable for. John Tavares reasons, which we're going to get into in depth, but for other reasons as well. So, I mean, I want a full report. I want a complete breakdown of how that whole thing happened (laughs) and what it was like to be in the building for that game.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, from the second I got, I took an Uber to the Coliseum around three thirty. My all my friends at work and colleagues were fully supportive of me, kind of taking a, a half day or whatever to to go to this monumental event and um as soon as i got dropped off it was just the the energy was very just it was like swirling like the wind at the parking lot and um i actually planned on maybe tailgating a little bit it was cold but i ended up meeting up with johnny and kevin two islander fans who live in england but they're from wales and i'd spoken to johnny once on on a other podcast we did and uh we just sat at the table at, at the Marriott bar for like two and a half hours and just talked about the Islanders had a couple other friends come meet up. And uh, then I uh, just like just that kind of conversation because it was very much Islander big picture stuff rather than just the Tavares hatred kind of uh, got me into just very excited to go into the Coliseum to watch the Islanders not take it for granted that they're playing there. All that I was in a very good mood going into the game kind of felt confident. And then I am walking out of the kind of tunnel in the lower section, uh, and I happened next to Brett Yormark <laughs> for the National Anthem. Uh, I, I I noticed him, uh, and I, the way that the kind of line was moving, I, I sort of could feel the timing was going to be as such that I was going to end up right next to him mm. uh, for the Anthems. and. It didn't happen that way, actually. There's someone in between us for the first for the Canadian national anthem, and then that person walked away. So that for the American national anthem, we were next to each other, and like you and I are very critical of him. Islander fans are very critical of him. We don't for good I don't reason, partic- I believe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he hasn't been particularly good to us. Right. He's not really. He's pretty much a slimy dude. And I just thought, like, listen, I can bash this guy all I want, on a on a podcast with you and he would never hear it you know what kind of person am I if I don't actually say it to his face and I'm very non-confrontational I think to begin with so like I was uh, like a little squeamish but and and uh, I wasn't prepared for it so I definitely uh my cold opening to the conversation was probably not not the greatest uh (laughs) it was very undiplomatic I guess so that kind of was good because it threw him for a loop and automatically got his attention but I just told him I thought he was a crook and uh from there, we just kind of. And I, I'm sorry if, if. I mean, I'm I'm not super into like the whole playing anthems before sporting events, anyways. But like, I I apologize if it's like offensive to talk through the anthem. But him and I just kind of had it out for the entire uh, national anthem. And uh, I also I brought up the concrete and the toilets this thing. He uh, <laughs> he, play, he he played dumb. Yeah. He played dumb. I, um, I. He kind of played dumb
0: through the whole thing.
1: Mm. But uh.
0: You guys I was happy uh, to, agreed to disagree. Uh, was where yes. you came out right
1: yeah yeah that was it I, I i you know what the thing was like he, the the crowd was so into first of all kudos to the crowd for not giving in to like any temptation to boo through the canadian national anthem uh and like to just like the, the the anthems themselves like the warm-ups were unbelievable to be there for the anthems were fun and uh you know it's, it's hypocritical like I, what i just said but to then say the anthems were fun but you could like because it was all building to a crescendo that was about to come and uh, you could see him looking around at the crowd and, like, being this massive crowd, uh, very loud for from the second that the Leafs stepped on the ice, the ice for the warm-ups to then. That. And, and that's what, like, pissed me off more than anything was, like – that's what I said. I was, like, how do you not embrace these people? Like, look at this crowd. You have one of the most passionate fan bases ever, and you somehow mess that up. That was what I tried to articulate to him. I did not do a very good job <laughs> – and then he kept he kept referring to Barclays as the best building in America, which I, I think I laughed at. I was like, okay. And, uh, <laughs> but it felt good. Yeah, that's all that matters, and it set the stage.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I have to tell everybody that I have seen a video of this that Mike sent me, and it is everything and more of what he just described. It was really, it was really something special. And although your mark, like you know, I mean, it, it was you can't see him, and you can only kind of hear bits and pieces of it. Uh, it, it was – I'm proud of you that you actually said what a lot of us have wanted to say. And I'm not sure if anybody – I'm sure people have, have said that kind of stuff to him because, I mean, he does walk around. Or he did. Does he still do that? Does he still even like walk around the – I was shocked to see it. Yeah. I was just like, wow. Why, yeah, what, was why... he, what was he even there for?
1: It's really wild, but – I want. I think he was probably just there because it was a a high t- uh high priced ticket game, yeah. so he probably had some guys He was like, look at look at this, right. you know. He was probably winding and dining, and, and it he was
0: like, "We own this building too," and you're like, "Yeah, I know," but look at this building yeah. versus Barclays Center, like it's a it's a complete night and day. But but I mean, it's funny, you know. It you did get to the point though, which is that like they and Arthur Staples put this pretty succinctly too. Like you know, they they kind of tried to embrace new fans while. I don't want to say abandoning the old fans because they really didn't, but not really kind of paying that much attention to them and not not really giving them what they want, which is the thing we've always been saying too and I mean if whether he gets the point or not, I don't know, it doesn't really matter at this point because hopefully because well now Belmont is on track for a June uh shovel date which I guess I don't know if we'll have a chance to talk to you later but uh but yeah, you I mean you saw an opportunity and you took it and and I'm glad that you did because uh, somebody had to, <laughs> so I thought yeah.
1: it was you. <laughs> I, thought, I think my favorite part of it was I, I sent you the video. Obviously, it was so loud at the mm. Coliseum, um, and I didn't want to try to listen to it during the game, so I had uh, sent it to you to make sure like you could hear it because mm. I wanted to be sure, like not only just to like verify that I did it, but to just <laughs> so I knew what I said. You know, I, I was I had I knocked back a few, and, and so that definitely played a, played a, played a role in it like a little bit of liquid courage, but, uh, I, uh, I wanted to make sure that you could hear what I said. And, and most importantly, I just wanted to make sure that you could hear me say, call him a crook. And I said, that's what I said. I was like, I was like can you hear me? Can you hear me say, can you hear me call him a crook? And he go, yep, loud and clear.
0: Yeah. I, my favorite part of it when, when you're like, you, you didn't get these people, how could you get, not get these people to the building? And he, and he was like, who And you are like these people? Anyway, so that was a that was a great unexpected sort of private like sort of warm up show for for the the main event, which was obviously I mean, at this point, it's we've all seen it a million times. We've been watching the videos. We've heard, you know, all of the different responses to it and everything. The game itself was crazy, um, but crazy in a mostly good way. I mean, yeah, a couple of plastic snakes were thrown on the ice. One jersey as he exited the 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 ice uh, after warm ups. Um, that kind of stuff is unfortunately always going to happen and we should shun those people, but all told, I mean, considering the amount of intensity in that building and what was done and what, what happened throughout the entire game. And we'll talk about, you know, uh, how the game turned out in a second, but like, it's pretty remarkable that that's all that, that really went down. Uh, It was tons of chanting, tons of booing, tons of really creative, you know, yelling and, and signs and chants and all kinds of stuff. And at the end of the day, it was a 6-1 Islanders victory. 14 Islanders had points. It was as thorough a beating as we have seen this season. It is the best game the Islanders have played in literally weeks, right? I mean, if not a month. I mean, yeah, that, that, that was from top to bottom the best game. that. I mean, yeah, okay, they gave up one goal, but you know, they, three Leafs lines literally had nothing in the tank from the jump. And you know, the one line actually turned out to be the Tavares-Marner line was the only line that really had any kind of offensive, you know, chances at all. And um they had one goal called back, which may have been a little fortuitous, but hey, that's the way it breaks. And the Islanders were just relentless from from the entire for the entire game. I mean, you'd think that, all right, they maybe kind of give up a little let up a little bit in the third period. That was not the case. They were on top of the Leafs and the fans most definitely did not give up and did not lose any kind of gas in the third period because they were given it to Tavares the entire night, and the the, cra- the chances kept getting crazier and crazier and funnier and funnier. We read them all. It's your bedtime. Get your jammies. Who's your daddy? That's our captain. Barzy's better. The whole list. And, I mean, what what was that like to be in there? I mean, because I know I was watching it on TV, and I was laughing, and I could feel the pulsing, you know, uh, feelings coming through the the my computer screen. But, I mean, to be in the building, it was... I know, like, we throw around the phrase playoff game a lot, but seriously, like, that had to have felt not just like a playoff game, but like a playoff game in which you're literally crushing your opponent and, you know, destroying their will to live, right? Oh, yeah. It was um,
1: the most unique kind of crowd um, event I've ever been to or sporting event I've ever been to. It was definitely the most therapeutic yeah. of sporting event I've ever been to. Uh, the, it was just full-on catharsis. I like the the to, to me like one of the things i'll never forget is after the game we went back to the marriott just to um, to get like into an easy place for another uber home <laughs> right. me and my buddy chris and we get into the the lobby and i saw like a bunch of the same people i saw before the game and everyone was just hugging each other laughing it just felt so good to have it over like to get that it it was it was a bit of closure to something that could have gone really horribly wrong like if the island, like like you said like the crowd was so good one of the things that I think only Arthur Staple really had mentioned was that there were there were a lot of Maple Leafs fans, and they were, I mean, at least in, in my kind of universe, like where where I was sitting. There's one directly behind me; couldn't have been a nicer guy. We were having a lot of fun with each other throughout the game. I mean, I, I'm sure one or two people probably did something stupid to, to Maple mm-hmm. Leafs fans, but for the most part, like I thought it was great. I thought, and I thought one of my favorite things. Uh, uh, from the, from the media side was that darren drager had he tweeted two things for that game he the way he covered the game was honestly irresponsible and i'm, I'm actually <laughs> i've been waiting for this show to, to like talk about it he tweeted out that the islanders beefed up security right. or like the Nassau police presence was like bigger than normal and then that was it and then he talked about and then the next tweet was just something about john Tavares relating to a, a teddy roosevelt quote that like so he basically before the game tried to stir the pot and say ooh like everybody watch out like here come the Islander fans We're about to do something stupid they didn't and all he could say is all right like he he didn't have anything else to say mm. so I, I I was you know that was a little disappointing I think Islander fans as a whole like I've been seeing on the Reddit like fans from Mark Dumont from the Athletic from Montreal he he's he sent me a DM saying like that was unbelievable. You guys like Mark is good people. A I know him. He, he used he really to run is. the
0: uh, the Habs blog at uh, SB Nation, and he, he's a great dude. Mark, seriously,
1: I, I had I I'd, I'd reached out to him a couple of days ago just about hey, like what what is it like for the Canadians fans in this whole thing? Just just out of curiosity, and, and he had explained and that he he thinks like it's kind of they're kind of just like watching from afar, and obviously they hate the Leafs, so uh, <laughs> you know we have that in common, but. He like he was proud. I mean, you look on the Islanders Reddit, people from other fan bases were stopping by. It's just saying like, you know, like that was unbelievable. Like you guys are you should be proud of yourselves. And I honestly think it's true. I like, Islander fans just did what exactly what they were supposed to do, which was to show exactly what this this whole thing is all about, which what being a fan is all about. Like it was fun to be in that building for for us. It was because it's our building, right? That's Home Ice Advantage. We're gonna we're gonna act in the way we wanna act. And I think that you you could tell they did the, we did a great job by the bingo card hit of <laughs> Larry Brooks, Don Cherry, and Sean Avery like all saying stupid stuff afterwards. So like <laughs> if if that's the case, then you know you did a you did your job. Like yeah. and and then um just like the the whole the whole night just was really just something out of out of like this world to feel like it would people were just so happy and if you could uh Matt who listens to the show he's an usher at the Coliseum was he put it perfectly saying it was like a big uh therapy session and the Coliseum was like a couch (laughs) and and that's exactly what it felt like and you could tell that on everybody's face and then the next day like I was walking around with my Islander hat on three or four people were like hey did you go to the game last night I said yes and they did say like oh I was there or I really wish I was there uh it was just like Become to, for the Islanders to, to do that and and two guys who I actually don't really like uh their work that much anymore is like Craig Wyszynski and John Bucci and they both honestly made really salient yeah. points and and I think Bucci said it was like the best fan performance of the season for any sport and, and uh that's how I felt. I mean you felt it while it was going on, and obviously the Islanders playing the way they did lended to it. And then like one final thing that I really noticed that might have gone under the radar was when Robin Leonard was announced as the second or third star, whatever he was, just he did like a little like yeah. that Lubo lap.
0: I did notice that, Lu- yeah, and I was like, yeah. "Dude, what's that all about?" <laughs> he, was, he,
1: he, did, he did exactly what Lubomir Visnovsky did that game <laughs> after the Caps. Like that that lap, he did a little, you know a little like a European clap, soccer clap thing, and you could just see on his face as you could see on Lubo's face that one night, he's just soaking it in. This is a very special atmosphere, obviously, and it's not one that you the Islanders. When the Islanders play the Arizona Coyotes in a couple of weeks at three o'clock on Sunday, Robin Leonard might stop 47 shots and have a shutout and it won't be this. He won't have the same atmosphere. So he was soaking it in. And just like, even when he skated off the ice, he just like, you just saw it in this guy's face. Like how appreciative he was to play in that kind of atmosphere. He said, said after the game,
0: like he'd never played. That was the most incredible atmosphere he'd ever seen in a game. Like Brian Compton it, had the quote, co- the quotes from, you
1: know? Yeah. And to, it, I, I totally like, I agree with him a hundred percent and, <laughs> <laughs> just to like to see that from from the players like i think they were a little um i think there was like a little bit of tension or apprehension before the game from basically everybody just because nobody wanted anything stupid to happen and uh i think afterwards the players were maybe a little relieved to have it over with but also didn't take it for granted at all which was really really nice to see like it was touching to see all those guys talk the way they did after the game yeah
0: uh, I was actually, it's funny, I, I, while I was watching the game, I was thinking about something that you had said on our last podcast, which was that, you know, 30 other franchises, may, maybe not 30, but at least half the league would kill for a game like this. Like, to, to have a game with, with this much energy and this much intensity and this much passion and this much, I mean, if if it's hatred, it's one thing, but, like... A lot of teams don't get like the Vancouver Canucks have not played a game like this since game seven of the 2011 Stanley Cup finals. Like that was the last time the stakes were anything above like a normal regular season game for them. You know, I mean, when was the last time the the Buffalo Sabres had a game with this kind of juice? Uh, You know, I don't even know the game six, 1999 Stanley Cup final. Like, you know, you'd have to go back to stuff like that to find a game like this. And yeah, I mean, everybody had an opinion on it. Um, Some of it. Was I think I I had said you know don't go looking for sympathy and to be honest I was a little kind of wrong but also kind of right. Um, like you said, uh, I thought Wachinsky's piece was really good. He he got to you know him being a Devils fan and Zach Parisi leaving. It's it's kind of similar. I think it's more similar than some of the other comparisons that are made out there. But you know Parisi was never quite like the same kind of Savior type player that that Tavares was. Obviously wasn't a first overall pick either, and also like the Devils that had a lot of recent success. So it's not, you know, people, I'm sure Devils fans love Zach Parisi, but, you know, they had Scott Stevens and Ken Danico and Scott Niedermeyer were just there. So I don't think that there was the same kind of uh, energy for when when Parisi left. But I also read that, you know, I had totally forgotten that Predators fans still boo Ryan Suter because he he went with Parisi to Minnesota. So, I mean, this kind of, these kind of, of feelings can linger for a long time. And, and you know, I, I expect... The April 1st game to be somewhat more muted, but still probably pretty bad. I don't think there's gonna it's going to be quite as yeah, bad as it,
1: it was. It, it definitely won't be as loud, but I think I underestimated. Leaving that game, I was like, that game's
0: <laughs> – if you had asked
1: me before Thursday night's game what I thought April 1st would be like, I would say it's it's probably going to be
0: almost close to a normal game. Right?
1: Uh, it's not. It's-
0: <laughs> no, normal it's- Islanders-Rangers game probably, except without right, the Rangers. Yeah.
1: Especially, honestly, what the what what the Leafs did on which is another kind of um, check in the Islander fan favor, or or just like more proof that the Islanders really impressed and did something that just kind of shook the whole sports world. I mean, I people at work like that was insane. People who don't watch hockey uh, was what the what the Maple Leafs did Saturday night, which uh, was you know, I, I, I and I I've, I've tried to think of it like if if it was the other way around, and and, and the Islander fans. Were the ones on that side would we would do the same thing we would cheer for Tavares. I mean, I would be kind of embarrassed <laughs> by by like the 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 whole like thing. Mm. But uh, that was like more of a pat on our back than I think right. it was like for for the city of Toronto. I think honestly, and and for for a guy like Tavares who who I also must say it, we've been watching that guy do do post game interviews for forever, and I maybe I was just looking through orange and blue tinted glasses but I was like this guy does not look obviously he can't be thrilled he lost and it's just food but like it looked like it got to him a little bit and to hear him be given that that post game interview and somebody walking by the media and just going "john you suck" just as like that last little ch- that last little cherry ah, on top that's was so just
0: funny. Yeah.
1: Oh, it was so. Good. I don't know if you see that video yet, but it is. Uh, yeah. It no. was like the perfect cherry on top. <laughs> it's, it's great.
0: I, well, yeah. So, so for those who don't know, um, you know, the, in the in the run up to the game, News Twelve had put out this incredibly lame video of some Islanders fans, you know, kind of, I guess, uh, w- what's the right word? Like, you know, really, sort of crying on camera about Tavares leaving and all this stuff, and it was made fun of, rightfully so, because it was incredibly lame. Uh, the game happens. The Leafs get stomped, Tavares gets booed, and the Toronto side of that ledger decided to one up the Islanders in the lame department. And they started, you know, kind of organizing a Tavares Day Toronto and they're giving him like a standing ovation at the Leafs game on Saturday night. Uh, this was met with equal amounts of derision as the News 12 video, as Arthur Stable put it. If you laughed at the News 12 video and you're part of this, please check your things. You know, like, it's just, that's the one, it, it just goes to show you that, like, if you see a team doing something incredibly lame, there's literally one moment before your team does something just as lame. And so that's what happened here. I mean, people were making fun of News 12 or Islanders fans because of that. And then a day later, we were doing the same thing for Leafs fans because the whole thing was completely ridiculous. Um, the the Tavares reaction, I think, was funny. Um, uh, Jonas Siegel, wrote, the... the um, The athletic, the Toronto side of the athletic was eerily quiet the day after the game. I wonder why. Uh, You know, they got fifteen guys covering the Leafs, and only one of them wrote anything the day after the game, which I thought was kind of curious. But uh, it was a good piece. It was by Jonas Siegel. Um, You know, I I know normally we probably wouldn't read that kind of stuff. I don't know what made me read it, but I'm glad I did because it was a pretty well written piece, and it was. you know, it, it took Islanders fan feelings into consideration. I found it was very empathetic. The Wyshynski piece was good. Down Goes Brown had a good piece. I actually reached out to him on Twitter just to say, hey, we, I appreciate your empathy because he was like, you know, these people have been through a lot and and they should be booing this guy. And, and it's, you know, it's not our place to tell them what to do. Uh, so that was a good one. And then obviously the the best piece about the sort of, you know, telling Islanders fans how to feel was written by our very own Dominic. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that in a second because it deserves its own spotlight. But the um, the Siegel piece I thought was interesting because it mentioned that a colleague of his had talked to Tavares over the summer, and Tavares apparently was a little bit kind of bummed by his, the reaction of Islanders fans to his choosing to leave, uh, which to me is mind-boggling. Like, I don't know <laughs> what he thought we... what he expected us to do and how he expected us to feel because that's ridiculous. And then, of course, we had... Larry Brooks, who I thought the first piece he wrote, I thought was fine. The second piece later was like, actually, I take back what I said. You guys should have been classier. Which is thanks, Brooks. Um, it was um, that was unbelievable. <laughs> hey, the first piece I thought was okay. The second piece, not so much. I was yeah. I think I was
1: more upset about the first piece than the second so, piece
0: because well, the first piece is the one I was going to bring up. That's the one with like, oh yeah, by the way, he thought he was going to stay, right? Is that what the one you're talking about? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, p- apparently, according to an inside source. Uh, Tavares was like a few weeks from he was going to stay. He was going to sign before free agency. And it was Pat Brisson who was like, no, you should really hear these teams out before you sign. And Tavares listened. And the Leafs just kind of blew him away with a uh, the presentation of whatever it was. I don't know what, you know, uh, apparently, you know, you could play with Mitch Marner and you could do all this, uh, whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, I just thought that if those things are true, that he was almost going to stay. Didn't tell anybody. We didn't know until like, you know, almost a year later. And he was also ticked off about the reaction. And he was, like I agree with you 100%. He's clearly distracted by that reaction. He did not expect it. He wasn't anticipating it. He he didn't think it was going to last through 60 minutes of game time and just yep. eat at him the entire time and, and the, the, the chance and the whole thing. Through the video, like they showed the video. And the video was like, Half half game highlights and half like him at the hospital with the sick kids, him helping out at Christmas time buying presents. <laughs> like a, I, you can't. I mean, it was a nice video. It was very cute. The Islanders did a very good job on it. You can't tell me that those like shots of him helping handicapped kids skate around the ice weren't skillfully selected for that particular video because they figured people wouldn't boo this. But hey, they did. So too bad. But um, I just it's funny because I wasn't. I I the only thing of that video
1: I saw was. The first shot and then to end because I was watching him. He was right. kind of sitting awkwardly yes. on the bench and I was like, Oh my god, this he actually thought people were going to cheer for him, I think. Yeah. Or like it and and I think he actually came into the game thinking, you know, there might actually be more uh of a of a chance that I'm going to hear like at least like a a little audible, bit of appreciation. <laughs> audible yeah. applause. Yeah. And and when it didn't come, it was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like he you oh, that the look on his face <laughs> sitting on the edge of the boards was worth its weight in gold. There
0: were there were a couple of moments there. Um one was um and I I was on the bus on the way home, so I missed a lot of this, but apparently one was he and in, in Cal Clutterbuck sort of making eye contact during warm-ups and kind of giving the old nod, um, you know, or or kind of the acknowledgement that they were there. That that was one moment. Um, the players, uh, the Islanders players tapped their sticks for him uh, during the, uh, the after the tribute was over. And then Tavares came out and clapped. I think all that that's very good. I think that was perfect. I, honestly, I think the organization I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but like I feel like the organization really played it perfectly. They, they had to do a video. It was a very nice video. It wasn't too over the top. It wasn't too crazy. It was exactly what you expect. If anything, it was a little bit cookie cutter. But I think that that's probably good. The players should have done what they did, which is applauding him. He should have done what he did, which is come out and applaud us, Islanders fans, even though they were booing the shit out of him. And uh, at the same time, and I'm sure we've all seen this now, <laughs> off to the side, you know, got a whole bench of Islanders clapping their sticks against the boards. And who is off on the side, not on the bench, but standing on the ice? It's Matt Barzell. And he's not doing anything. He's just waiting for this whole thing to be over so he can get back to the face-off circle. And uh, that's added some fuel to a fi- the fire that uh, – maybe somebody, some people aren't too sad to see John go and, and maybe to, you know, Barzell is one of them. And, uh, uh, you know, somebody, I, uh, it was the, um, the PTIL's podcast brought up a good point. Like, you know, a lot of the pitch for the Leafs apparently was, Hey, you get to play with Mitch Marner. And uh, if I'm Barzell, if that's true, and again, that's speculation, we don't know, but if it's true and you're Matt Barzell, like you're just like, Hey man, what do I chop liver? Like he's pretty good. And so, uh, I could see that being kind of a bone of contention, but uh, you know, I just uh, to me that the whole thing was great. The whole evening was great, even though I was I was at home. Uh, I don't know if I would have been able to handle the uh, the intensity of actually being there. So kudos to you and anybody else who was there who who survived. Yeah, kudos to the Leafs fans that went because man, that is one game. That is one road game I definitely would not have ever gone to if I was a Leafs fan. Um, but yeah,
1: they were yeah. like I said, they were great, and and yeah. and I thought the whole night like. There are very few franchises that could have replicated yeah. that atmosphere, and the the two guys from Wales, I saw them the next night, which we'll talk to we'll talk about in a sec at the Coliseum again, and they were like, I didn't know Americans really, you know, American sports fans had that in them, and mm-hmm. I think maybe that's like a, you know a little a little cheeky as they would say, mm-hmm. but like I, and I, but I totally understood the point, and and then my friend Dylan was like, yeah, you know what, you're li- you might be in the only building mm-hmm. in the world outside of your country that like can can do that, and then I thought then saturday happened and i was like that is it just played perfectly into our hands where it's like here we're the like the islanders are probably you know like that is a very unique new york islanders atmosphere that was witnessed right. and then what's what saturday was was like the cor- like exactly how a corporate team <laughs> a team team that has like a probably a staff of 30 on a on their pr right. crafted crafted an atmosphere it wasn't organic you could say like the fans, whatever, like their reaction, sure, was that, that was organic. It was an, an organic response to an inorganic, a manufactured response, whereas the Islanders think this was pure, yeah. pure, pure emotion. It,
0: it's an entire fan base of one mind, basically, that, again, happened organically. Like, it, you know, nobody, there was no like, there was no hashtag or something that got people riled up for this game. Like, we were just riled up. Because we know, and we we've lived it, and that's that's the whole thing. That's what that's what kind of ticked me off about Tavares's post game thing was he's like, well, nobody's walked in my shoes, so you don't really know, dude. Nobody has walked in our shoes, including you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have not walked in our shoes too, and you know uh, the whole thing about you know if he if if indeed he was surprised and is surprised at how much vitriol there is for him, then. I think he needs to maybe step outside and kind of see it from our perspective. Because let's face it, the only people who know the truth about what the whole, the whole, how the whole thing went down is him and probably his wife, and maybe Pat Brisson if if he's as open with him as anybody. Maybe his parents or something like that. But like he's, the, they're the only people that know the thing. They don't look at it from our perspective, which is completely detached. We're not media members. We're not insiders. We're just people who. Have a player that we like and wanted him to stay, and we're told by him that he was going to stay, and then he went up and left. and And I found that, you know, to me the, the best quote afterwards uh, was from Mike Mike Babcock, and it was echoed in a, in a great piece by Jenny today that was on the blog, which is that you know Babcock said they only really boo you if they care about you, like they <laughs> they boo you like that if they care about you, and that's why he was getting it because they people they really care, and like Jenny said in her piece, like we. We care about John Tavares. We cared about him. We cared about him so much we based our whole lives around this guy, and then he, and he told us he loved us, and then he walked away. And that's why we care. If we didn't care, then you wouldn't have seen that. that and to be, to be quite honest, you're right. Like That's a thing that probably the, only the Islanders and their crazy fans could ever come up with, but even that won't be seen again. I mean, again, April 1st is going to come around, and it'll be bad, I'm sure, but it won't be nearly what we just saw. And it'll get less and less. And again, next year won't be that bad, and so on and so forth. So, uh, we we're doing this because we care. And and we had a love affair with this guy for nine years, and then he just rebuffed us over the course of a week and decided to go sign someplace else. And so, and that's the thing that that drives me crazy is that no, nobody really gets us still to this day. I mean, I'm glad you you had a good uh, a good experience because from what I did, what I saw was like a lot of, surprisingly, a lot of media members were kind of on Islanders fans' side. And then meanwhile, there's, you know, the kind of hockey Twitter conversation that just makes you want to crawl into a hole. And that's the kind of thing that Dom was talking about. Like, you know, there's all this moralizing and pontificating about what we're allowed to do. But without fans, there's no sports. Like, there's no Darren Dreggers. There's no there's no in- industry to to cover. And so you people have the right to say what they want. And it's really tough when... I you feel a catharsis, or you feel good about something, and you get something off your chest. And meanwhile, people, you know, online is a, is a place where you can meet great people that are fun and and intelligent and kind, and you all share this love of a sport. Everybody's got different teams, but everybody has, shares the same love of the sport, and it's great. And you meet awesome people until they play your team or your team does something they don't like, and then they forget you exist, and then they call your fan base trash and your team worthless, <laughs> and it's like. That really brings down my buzz, man. You know, like I'm trying to enjoy this and I don't like getting called trash or garbage from people that don't really know what we went through. And despite having put nine, 94,000 words into a document that tells exactly what we went through. But so that that was kind of tough. And, and then, you know, also I, I really wish people on Twitter would like stop retweeting the dumbest 1% of the population into everybody's timeline just to dunk on them. Like I really – you know we don't we don't need some random jerk off with thirty two followers calling us you know garbage like we get that that's out there uh, we don't need it I don't, nobody needs to share that kind of stuff but people do it and I I don't really get it but uh, anyway it, it was a, a wild night nobody's gonna forget it certainly John Tavares isn't gonna forget it and I don't know maybe, I I like to think that maybe he, it'll bring him some perspective and be like. Boy, I really screwed up. <laughs> you know, yep. just... Yeah, we talk about it. We talk about him being a robot a lot, and there's a lot of robotic
1: qualities to him. But he's a he is, I'm pretty sure, a human being. <laughs> and there's not a human being on the planet that couldn't have been in that room that night and just been like, or not at least not wondered, hey, what could have been? Right. Like, look at this. Like, wow, we could have been good and had these. I could have had these guys on my side for the next, you know, whatever years. Mm-hmm. And or just not to feel bad, like a little bit of just like. Sh- just shittiness, just overall shittiness. Um, so I think it was mission accomplished by the crowd. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's an- and that's another thing. Before we move on, that's another thing that Staple pointed out too, which was that like if John Tavares had stayed with the Islanders, you don't think he he get standing ovations all the time? Like, you know, we've talked about part of the the presentation was oh, look you can get your your if you win a cup here, you know, you get your number retired, you'd be a legend, dude. They were going to retire your number on Long Island no matter what. All you had to do was sign a piece of paper, and they would have retired your number. You didn't have to do anything. All you had to do was sign and stay. But he didn't want to. So, yeah, I mean, what could have been is, you know, he could have been on this side and we never would have had that kind of night. So but what are you going to do? So that's the win. Let's talk about the three losses. (laughs) This will be a much shorter conversation. Uh, Welcome back, by the way, if you uh, decided to join us again. Sorry, it was a little more than 20 (laughs) minutes, but you have to forgive us. Um, So they had three losses. Um, Tuesday was a 3-1 loss to Calgary. Uh, Friday, right after the Tavares game, was a 3-1 loss to Washington. And then the latest one, Sunday, uh, a 4-1 loss to Philly. And all three of these games have a couple of things in common. Obviously, the Islanders didn't score very many, but they they were all against teams that are good. Uh, you know, the Flyers aren't a, a playoff team, but they've won like 15 of their last 22 or something like that to get into almost playoff uh, consideration. So, I mean, they're pretty good. The Caps are obviously the defending Stanley Cup champions, and the Flames are the best team in a Western Conference, and who just spanked the Islanders a couple weeks ago in Calgary. So, this was going to be tough no matter what, Tavares game or no Tavares game. Um, the other thing was, the Islanders didn't really play poorly in any of them, but they didn't really play well, either. Um, there was a lot of sort of lost moment, moments of lost focus, I would call it, and some of them were just really bad bounces. That the the two goals that the Caps scored, which are basically all they needed to win that game, both came off of really weird bounces. And I mean, it's not like the Islanders were, were playing all that well. To I I want to recall a a line from Barry Trotz earlier in the season when they played okay against the the Winnipeg Jets and still lost. And he said, "Well, may, maybe we played well enough to win, but we definitely played well enough to lose." And it was kind of one of those situations where yeah, they didn't play too poorly. But they didn't really play that great either. Against the Caps, they were underwater for the most part, but they had a lead going into the third period, lost it, lost the game. Against the Flames, again, they were mostly even, most of the, for most of the even throughout two periods, had a lead, lost it a minute and 30 seconds. They played a stupid third period. Mike Smith was making great saves and the game was over. And then against the Flyers, Robin Leonard was very, we haven't said this at all, but Robin Leonard was not good. Um, but neither was the islanders defense in their own zone and so the islanders had all kinds of, of zone time in the flyers end and the flyers would break out and score and that might be the you know their three scoring opportunities in the, in a period and they would score on two of them so there was a lot of oh and then Josh Bailey ice's a game by by accidentally scoring into his own net which is kind of a metaphor for the entire week um, but uh, yeah i mean i'm concerned that they've lost 3 of 4 with you know in the time when you don't want to be losing anything but at the same time i'm not too concerned because i feel like all that they still just need to tighten things up like they're not those losses weren't like oh my god what the hell is going on kind of things they just need to tighten themselves up a little bit and a little bit more focus you know had they clamped down a third period of a couple of games those games maybe they get a point or two and we're not having this conversation but i don't know what what were your take on them you were in the building for the caps game yes um
1: and just uh, just a quick note on on that atmosphere felt like um, I'd seen those same Johnny and Kevin and then my, my dad my my brother were there and it there was a lot of people it felt like the night after a big high school party <laughs> like the next day like you see everybody at like a bagel shop or something and you talk about right. the party like the last night it kind of felt like that but
0: everybody's t- uh, tank is like half full or something like that yeah exactly exactly <laughs>
1: um but I thought the the frustrating thing is like you could see this kind of wobble coming um since they left for western Canada and it you just kind of had a feeling like there was going to be a, a gut check moment coming for the Islanders it's here now um this is it, it just is a, a testament to Barry Trotz and the staff that this this was the first two game like regulation losing streak since December the beginning of December this like this this team has earned where it's supposed to be but now they have to now you know, like, does not matter? It does. Like, you now they have to now, like you said, tighten up. I think, I'm. I was gonna be a lot more concerned if the Blue Jackets had beaten the Winnipeg Jets last night. Yeah, uh,
0: they're having all kinds they, of problems of their own. The Blue Jackets, which is,
1: is something. It really is so funny. This, uh, the so like, all right. There's there's six points. The Islanders are still plus six points into the playoff picture, and I know all these. You know, Carrie was talking about them today on Twitter. Like the models that have the Islanders at better than 90% to make the playoffs, that should make you feel better. To me, like, f- even freaks me out a little bit more because I'm <laughs> I'm I'm wired incorrectly in my head, yeah. uh, and I I like, I'm I'm more concerned. I think just about sure, like they definitely didn't play terribly against the Flyers, and and there was a couple posts that that could could have turned this weekend into a three game winning streak right. rather than rather yeah. than this one and, you know one and two stretch but uh that doesn't mean that they didn't get any points like this is the season it's been nice not to talk about moral victories at all <laughs> this season so like there are there were no moral victories this weekend at all i don't think and uh yeah they have to they have no choice now but to just figure things out and i i do wonder if if you know maybe it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise uh, because it's clear that this team could use like an injection of i don't want to call it like youth but more just skill and uh they have two guys obviously that that can do it i, I mean it doesn't sound like Michael Dalcole or, or Josh Hosang especially are are like going to be playing tomorrow but i think now like if if this team wobbles keeps you know or has some trouble with the senators the next two games like then maybe we'll see it and uh it's just it's a little frustrating to me that they're not playing their best lineup or, or best possible lineup. Uh, but that still like like doesn't doesn't really excuse them from not getting at least a point out of either of those two games. The Capitals game too. Like those two once once the Capitals scored that first goal, you knew this next one was coming, and yeah. it was probably going to come in a weird fashion. Which yeah. it did
0: that, the, I don't. There was one that bounced like off the, off of somebody and in, and then the other one was another like really weird. I think off a rebound and bounced into somebody else. So. Yeah, um, it's funny that I was thinking about Michael Carey. Uh, obviously, our friend who's, who was on our podcast last week uh, has been talking about how you know in, in, substituting a- inserting Andrew Ladd for Tom Kuhn-Hackle, uh, is an upgrade, but inserting Michael Dow Cole for either of them is a major upgrade. <laughs> so we're we, you know we're, we're all kind of like high on high alert now for for Dow Cole. And I was thinking about how funny that is that this guy started a season essentially is kind of almost like an afterthought. I don't know if that sounds cruel. I don't am not trying to be mean or anything, but you know, he was a guy who we were like, oh, well, it's kind of the last rodeo for him. Like, you know, he either it's either make it or break it, you know. He's got to have to either turn something on or or get out and get traded or get non-tendered or whatever. And now it's to the point where you know it's March. The Islanders we're trying to get trying to will the Islanders into the playoffs, and it's like, oh my God, we need to call it Michael Dalcole Like that's just insane to me. You talk about all the turnarounds of this season. That to me is wild. Then oh my God, and I don't know if Hosang would come up again. He aside from the last couple of weeks, he hasn't he had not really done much. But maybe you know maybe they will. Um, I I could see them coming up. I know they have kind of been cagey about it, but I, I'm kind of hoping that by the time people listening to this podcast on Tuesday before the game against the Ottawa Senators, uh, Duck Hall has already been called up. That that would be really nice because he is, again, he's been effective. I, I wouldn't say productive because he only has like two goals, but he's been effective, especially in, in terms yeah. of shot suppression. That was Carey's whole thing was that when he's on the ice, especially with Philpil and Komarov, they just don't give up shots. And that's a that's a huge thing that this team could kind of use. Um, but, yeah, the Flyers game I thought was, was probably the worst of them. Like, all eh, right, you lose the Flames. Again, the Flames are really good. I get it. It happens. Mike Smith really stood on his head for a lot of a lot of saves. I mean, they had a lot of chances in that game. I guess that's the other thing too is the Islanders had their chances too. They might not have been playing that well, but they had chances to score in all of those games and didn't really connect. It was uh, the Flyers game had about three or four different posts and and crossbars. Barzell had one just off the crossbar. I think I think Nelson and Mayfield too. Right, they had a couple off the crossbar. Um, oh, uh, Boychuk yeah. had a long Boychuk, ass yeah. yeah. Howitzer shot that rang off the crossbar, and you, you could hear it uh, at you know, Sagamore Hill. Like, that's how loud that crossbar was. So, um, you know, they, they came a couple of inches. But like you said, uh, to say no moral victories, that's the best way to put it because these are all games that, yeah, they could have gotten a point out of or whatever and, and didn't, so you really can't. And at this time of year, in March, there are no moral victories in the NHL. Like, you, you need to win games and win them now because the Caps are starting to win again. The Carolina Hurricanes have not stopped winning since January which is incredibly annoying. Uh, the blue jackets are having problems. Now the penguins are kind of all over the place. And, uh, basically, you know, we're all kind of jockeying for position here. Nobody wants to play Tampa. Uh, the Leafs are trying to avoid Boston, which man, if they had trouble with the Islanders, good luck with the Bruins in the playoffs, because the Bruins are played just like the Islanders only way, way, way better with guys who are like going to the hall of fame. So good luck with that. (laughs) Um, and nobody wants to play the hurricanes. I'm sure. So, right. Um, It's it's tough. And, you know, again, had they they came inches between being two and two or maybe even three and one or something like that. And and again, we're not having this conversation. But here's the good news. They are starting a new streak now against the perfect opponent, the Ottawa Senators, (laughs) who are dead last in the NHL for a myriad of reasons. Uh, They are terrible. They're basically an AHL team at this point. Uh, the, The Islanders have back to back games against them, a home at home. Tuesday at the Coliseum, Thursday in, in Ottawa, and then Saturday is the Flyers again at the Coliseum on Bill Torrey night. It's going to be some alumni in the house, I'm sure. Um, so the Islanders need to win these three games. I'm not, you know, if you look at the the two Flyers games and the two Senators games, it's kind of like a sandwich. They already lost the first one. They need to win these three these next three games. They have the opportunity to win these next three games. If they have any trouble at all, like you said with the Senators, any trouble at all. They need to call do something really quickly, and and that means call ups basically, or do something because you should not have any trouble. I mean, they should blow this get these guys out. And this should be, you know, a, a Thomas Grice fifteen save shutout type of situation here. Um, so in a way, it's good to be playing one of these teams because you can get over on them. But the other end of the spectrum is you have to beat them. And you know, I think a win on Tuesday would be a huge, huge, huge relief. Just those two points would be enormous because the Islanders right now in second place. Even if they stay in second place, it's still you're keeping pace with the Caps, you know, and you're kind of staying in, at the level where you are. Yeah, the uh,
1: you said it. The Senators are the perfect opponent, but that makes them pretty much the most terrifying
0: opponent. <laughs> <laughs> also true, yeah. Because you
1: are – you're looking at – like I, right now it's Monday night. We're recording this and this game has now just been on my mind. I can't stop thinking about these two games for whatever – how many hours it's been. 30, 40, whatever. Um, and even if they win tomorrow, they still need to win again on Thursday. So it's like, right. it's just going to be a really angst filled yeah. week because they have these four extremely gettable. They are, they're like minus three fifty right. favorites uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the, like th- th- that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> this, this, you know, and, and it's, it's not, it's, it makes me nervous. Uh, and they, like you said, like they, they just, there's no excuse. There's no, re- if they don't, Collect all. I mean, honestly, if they don't get five, they need to get five out of six points. If, if if something weird happens and they lose in like overtime or shootout to the Flyers or one of these games, I'll actually be okay with it. Just hmm. it's and, and I'll be mad, but I'll be like, all right, like yeah, they needed to get at least five because right now, like the Islanders are obviously still right in the thick for the division. They're they're two points back with a game in hand on the Capitals, but like you said, the, the Hurricanes are right there. The Blue Jackets are, uh, so just assume, let's just count the Flyers out for the hell of it. They're, the Blue Jackets are only three games behind the Islanders, and that would put the, like, the, the, there's there's teams behind them, so, like, yes, they're likely to make the playoffs, but at this point, it's still yeah. scary. It's no, still like, we're, we're, we're Islander fans, right? We, yeah. We've seen this team do a lot weirder things, and <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, listen, they don't need to outswim the Shark. Right. They just need to outswim their sister. <laughs> like, that's it.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, and, 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 and if they could just do that, like uh, whatever, like uh, obviously you don't you don't like to avoid, you know, the lightning or whatever. In the first well, round, but,
0: but that's when was the last time the Islanders didn't back themselves into the playoffs because they made the playoffs like what, three or four times with Tavares and they backed in they backed themselves in every time, you know, they got, they had like lost in overtime. I think one year, Did, didn't they lose? Didn't they? Oh no, no. the Sorry. The one year they beat the caps in overtime, that got them to the playoffs. I forget what year that was. But then there were two other years where they lost in overtime but still made the playoffs because somebody else across the country lost something else. Like you don't want to get into that. that that's no fun. Like you don't want to get in yeah. this situation. I'm sure the players don't want to either.
1: Yeah, and it, and it just makes if, – if the Islanders can collect these six points, you're thinking usually 94 and a half. I think they're saying like is – the 95 points is probably going to be the magic mark to get to the playoffs. That probably means you need ninety-six to avoid the lightning uh in the first round, ninety-seven, whatever it is. So if they can just collect these four start with these four points and get to eighty-five points, we can all breathe easier. <laughs> like that's 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 what's that's what's so terrifying yeah, about know. the Ottawa Senators.
0: Right, yeah, no. <laughs> like this is this is the scariest thing I could imagine. Well, and I'm looking at the schedule too, and and it's a mix of you know, there's a lot of bad teams on the schedule here. So, you know, next weekend they play the Red Wings on set. Well, they they play the, the Blue Jackets on Monday, which is kind of a sneakily huge game. Um, both teams are going to want those points. Uh, you know, an Islanders win, I'm not going to say would bury Columbus, but, man, that would that would really be a, a shot to the ribs. You know, like they would not want that at all. So, I mean, it's one thing. All right, they lost to Winnipeg. It's one thing. But to lose to a team in your division that you're chasing – would be a real real problem for them so they're going to be really fired up for that game so if you're going to go to an islanders game make it monday the 11th and drown out those blue jackets because they're going to need all the energy they can uh then they play the red wings that saturday uh then they play the wild the next night so they're going from detroit to minnesota back to back 1 p.m and then 6 p.m two winnable games again but like Again, you know, like you just said, they're two winnable games, but they're also terrifying because they're on the road against teams that don't care. I mean, how many times have the Islanders been in that situation? They're, these are teams that are just playing out the string and they're trying to play spoiler. And for the Islanders, those those are four huge points. And that could be a problem if you don't get them and you come back and all of a sudden you went from being in second place to being in eighth place or seventh place because somebody won over the weekend. So. They have to, you know, they have a couple of games here against weaker opponents that they really need to take care of. Again, starting with Senators, because then they have Boston, they have Montreal, they have Winnipeg, uh, they got Toronto again. Although, you know, they seem to be doing pretty well with that. And then the Caps again. So, and the Coyotes twice. Are you kidding me with this right now? Oh no, the Coyotes once. Sorry, um, but that's that's another one. So, yeah, it's it's both exciting and terrifying. Uh, they need to start with these games against the Senators. Um, I feel so bad for this franchise. They have been just beaten to death. And, you know, the fact that they have any fans left at all is pretty remarkable. And I know people have said that about the Islanders, but what you're looking at right now is, is a broken, a broken team, a broken franchise, and they need help in the worst way. And I just reminded when people are always like, Oh, the the NHL needs to step in and make Charles Wong sell the Islanders. With all due respect, (laughs) Charles Wong was not a, you know, it was not the greatest owner, and in, in may he rest in peace. He did some things that drove you crazy as a fan. But, man, there is nobody out there like Eugene Melnick who is, like, a literal comic book villain. That guy is something else. When when they have a a, a a signature showcase, showpiece outdoor game, and he's literally talking to reporters outside of the outdoor stadium about potentially having to move the team if they don't sell enough tickets – that guy's a piece of garbage, (laughs) you know, like that's just, I can't, I that happened two years ago and I can't even get over it. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, This
1: it's, it's funny. Like it's, it's a weird twist of fate that here are the Islanders kind of on after hitting rock, uh, one of our rock bottoms, (laughs) like in this spot where we're like, need the senators just to roll over for us. Yeah. <laughs> and right. Like we're look it's like that Spider-Man meme except one of us is like on the ground like wilted and dying and that's the senators <laughs> and we're like can you please just not get in right. our way. Uh yeah, I think it's, it's it is just so sad. The uh and 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 I think a lot of it, like the Islanders had that really horrible stretch against the senators. Yeah, I was but, just
0: going to bring that up. Yeah, they lost like yeah. 30 games in a row against them at one point.
1: And I, I and I remember just being like I you know that I don't like you know the senators because first of all the Chara thing and then uh, just like how good they were, uh, and I always like Patrick Lalime though I don't know why <laughs> but uh, I I like I just you know didn't like them and then obviously things started to change and, and you start to kind of see what they're going through they are the like kicked down down they're like the island they're the Islanders of Canada right. basically and uh, so you you relate uh, you relate to what's going on. The only thing I'll say is like they've they've had some some recent success at least and some like that, that that year that they did make the cup uh I mean the Eastern Conference final in game 7 like that season that season came out of nowhere for them much like what we're going through. It was kind of a similar style team where they played a very sound defensive game and got really good goaltending um,
0: and they beat the Rangers yeah, you, so there you go. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, that was so
1: good. That that was just so good yeah. when they did that. And then yeah, they almost get they almost got by the Imagine seeing that it was the Ottawa Senators versus the San Jose Sharks that year. That would have been hysterical. The <laughs> NHL, the NHL would have just collapsed.
0: Yeah, I still, I <laughs> but, still love that Anaheim Ottawa Stanley Cup final. That, I mean, I think it's probably us and about twelve other people on Earth watched it. You know, it's just
1: yeah. It's well, that that those two years, right? They had the Hurricanes and the Oilers, right. And then they followed. Right, they're like, hold my beer, yeah. <laughs> Followed it up with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. oh, God. That was such a – and the Ducks. The N- that was
0: beautiful. The NHL definitely leads all American sports in finals that are like, who the hell are these two guys? I remember the. I remember when the Avalanche played the the Panthers. And I remember people being like, who the hell are the Colorado Avalanche? It's like, well, remember the Quebec Nordiques? Well, they moved. Really? That's their name, the Avalanche? Like, yeah. Well, how the hell did they get in the cup final? Oh, it's a long story. You know, so – <laughs> or the Dallas Stars. I don't know. Who the hell are the Dallas Stars? Like, oh, they used to be Minnesota North Stars. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a team in Dallas now? Yes. They've been there for like five years. You know, so it's that, that only the NHL could pull off stuff like that. You know, where is
1: yeah. the, uh, the NHL has like has had 27 dark ages. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, right. Every couple of years is another scheduled dark age. Whereas, you know, I know we all hate the New England Patriots, but at least when the Super Bowl comes around, everybody knows who they are, you know? So, although right. I had to explain who the LA Rams were to my uh, my wife and sister in law and in laws this year, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so long story short, the Islanders need to beat the Senators twice, and then hopefully in front of uh, alumni and the family of uh, the great Bill Torrey, uh on Saturday can uh, repay the favor uh, that the Flyers did to them uh, this Sunday. So those are all kinds of huge games. Uh, And yeah, I think we finally have all, I mean, I think hopefully this is the last time we have to mention John Tavares until April 1st when they play again. Um, If you still need other closure out there, then you got to do you, you got to do it. What the, what you think you need to do, go boo the hell out of him again. I think for a lot of us though, like we're all ready to kind of move on. Hopefully the Islanders can continue their winning ways against the Leafs, number one. But I think, you know, we've all kind of what's been said has been said. And, you know, it's going to take some movement from him maybe to kind of move the story along. But I think for the rest of us, it's like, okay, we can move on now. So hopefully we did our part. Yeah.
1: Now we just need to the team to like just make us breathe a little easier. Yeah. And um,
0: definitely definitely for me. What's that? No, you, you go. I was gonna say, definitely from a podcasting point of view, we definitely need to move on because <laughs> it's. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Covered yeah, up. it
1: would be funny yeah. if it would be funny to like try to figure out exactly how many minutes. I mean, I'm not even count- counting <laughs> the encyclopedia oh, that yeah. you wrote, well, uh, uh, but like just uh, as a as a podcast, do have spent on that. Geez. But yeah, now I just I, I'm hopefully the team, you know, gets like it's 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 now up to them just to like give us good news to talk about right. because it's a lot it's a lot more fun. Yeah. To sit here and talk about wins and losses.
0: We totally forgot that uh, before that game, Arthur Staple had tweeted that he saw um, Lou Lamorello talking to Neil Sheehy, who's uh, Anders Lee's agent. And we were all like, "Oh, that would be the best ever if they signed Lee the day they play Tavares. <laughs> that would be awesome." Yeah. But but didn't happen.
1: You know, and, and, and I think we saw we saw a couple that moment, and there was another moment of just like savvy from this one was from Trotz. When he canceled the practice on Wednesday, oh, right. they yeah. played. They played bad against the Flames. Hmm. The, the media was coming to town for the circus on Wednesday. Yeah, starting starting on Wednesday, and uh, yeah, and then and he canceled the practice. Like, just <laughs> really, really savvy move. Yeah. And that those are like the type of things is just like that is like a stroke of it's a a, a stroke of genius. Hmm. Like, I'm sorry, uh, like we bring them up a lot, and it feels sometimes it feels bad because. Who knows if Doug Waite would have done the same thing, or Jack Capuano, or or Scott Gordon, who got his revenge the other night?
0: Uh, yeah. Like, I don't, I just can't see them doing that. Well, like, so I, even if they did do it, the the perception would be different. Like, oh, yeah. come on, yeah, Cappy, you true. idiot! You guys need to, they need the bag practice that. Yeah. Barry, <laughs> yeah. you know what? If we had Barry Trotz, he would be bad right. skating these guys. Yeah, Trotz does it, and I mean, I'm I'm. I'm a I'm a Trotz Homer. I think we both are. You know, he does it. Yeah, we yeah. got the Trotz Kool Aid. That's cool. Trotz yeah. Kool
1: flowing through our veins. Right.
0: I mean, they they did it again today. Actually, he they but they the, there was the weather, uh, so they canceled today. But also, um, actually, we didn't even mention the guys this. Are sick. Yeah, we didn't mention it during the the, the the about the Flyers. But yeah, Casey Zekas has the flu. Uh, Matt Martin is hurt, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was. <laughs> he said upper body injury. I wonder if that's like you know. He's got the flu and he can't breathe through his nose or something like that. I could see that happening, too. So, I mean, it happens this time of year. Um, so, hopefully, can still be back. Hopefully, Kyle uh, Clutterbrook took a puck in the ear after sending a puck towards Nolan Patrick's ear. So, hopefully, he's okay, too, because, yeah, they need to be healthy, too, which is a problem. Uh, and Again, if they're not, they need to call up Michael Dalcole Cole because he can help. But hopefully, they are healthy. Uh, okay. Wow. this is uh, We're already in an hour. So, let, let's cover all the uh, the other stuff. Um, sneakyathletic.com. You can save 10% by putting anxiety in the discount code box. They got all that cool stuff. The Fort Never Lose. The Goat, Matt Barzell Goat. If you saw him not clapping for John Tavares and you're like, that guy's the goat. Get yourself some Matt Barzell Goat merchandise. Sneakyathletic.com. Save yourself 10% by putting anxiety in the discount code box. Uh, March 16th, mentioned it before, Islanders are in Detroit. Uh, there. Noel and Dan will be at the Offside Tavern, and then they're going to watch the game, and then they're going to have a live podcast afterwards. As Noel has mentioned uh, on his Twitter feed, I will be there as well. Uh, they have graciously asked me to uh, join them on the podcast. I can't wait. I'm excited. I will. I am so excited that I'm stepping out of my shell and going to be social for once. So please... Come and join us. Uh, it's not something I do very often, but uh, they asked, and and I think it'd be cool. I, and I want to see the offsite because I've never been there, so I'm gonna check it out. So that is March 16th, Offsite Tavern. You know, game is going on. the uh, The podcast will be going on afterwards. So hang out there. Nick Hershon, uh, uh, author of We Want Fishsticks, will be there. So if you don't come for me, don't have to go for him because he's an interesting guy. And go for Nolan Dan because they're great guys, and we should support their podcast as well. Um, what else? Oh almost forgot today's NHLnames.com NHL name of the week is Bobby Ryan leaves it there for Borvietsky. Mark Borvietsky of the Ottawa senators who is now I got that one, right? I got it right in my head. There you go. Yeah, it's, It had to be, it had yeah, to be Yeah, exactly because yeah. yeah. he's All right, I'm glad. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, he's it. He's the face of the Ottawa. Auto- he's the toothless face of the Ottawa senators at this point. Um, Poor guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He and Cody Cece are going to die Ottawa Senators, and I don't mean that glibly. I hope they live nice long lives. These guys are both from Ottawa. They both played junior in Ottawa. They're both Ottawa Senators. They are going nowhere. <laughs> they, the Ottawa guys, they they are going to keep them there forever. So uh, yeah, Mark Bor- It's pronounced Boriewski, Boriewski. Yeah, that's it. Not Bor. Not Borowicki, which is how it's spelled. But there you go. NHL names.com. Go there. <laughs> it's by Travis and John. They're great. You should support their site. Uh, what's your Twitter handle again?
1: This is the big Lee with two E's.
0: You should always follow Mike at the big Lee with two E's. Uh, all kinds of great stuff. He has, he's always got great stuff there. He's always he had a great conversation with Carrie today. I noticed about the, uh, their, uh, right. The playoff chances and stuff like that.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. just, just general fear, anxiety, <laughs> anxiety, of being being a sure thing, close to a sure thing to make the playoffs. Oh, I,
0: how often? Nothing you, scarier. How often do you check? I, I like sports club stats. That's where I always go. Like, how often do you check that? Or is there another place that you check to be like, oh, what is it? Ninety eight point nine now. Like, how, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I try I I
1: I try um hockey biz. right uh Micah. Yeah. Blake McCurdy. I think his name is yeah. ineffective math on Twitter. Uh. Yeah just I don't know he tweets it out the most maybe so that's probably why that's the one I'm most familiar with like their chances but um I really really try to avoid looking at it when the Islanders are in the mix just because like every year there's that team that is yep oh on March 8th the Edmonton Oilers were 98.3 percent chance to make the playoffs and they just got eliminated today so like <laughs>
0: yeah. that is that that's what terrifies me I, I do it and then I feel bad like I just feel like I jinx them you know but uh yeah, exactly. And I never look at the athletic stuff because uh, I, Dom's stuff doesn't like the Islanders, so I don't even bother to look at it. It's sports. Club, <laughs> I don't know who's in charge of Sports Club stats, so I'm okay with with their wherever they have the Islanders. So, uh, but yeah, it, no, it, you're, I mean, yeah, we're we're all in the same boat. I mean, we're all thinking the same thing, and hopefully the team can can do what's right and and so so put us out, pull us all out of our uh, our anxiety. Uh, Regardless of whatever they do, you should read lighthouse hockey every single day. I totally I meant to mention it again, but if I didn't mention it enough before, you should read Dom's piece uh, on you know the media telling the Islanders fan how to feel and how to think. It is something that's been going on for years and it is never right and his take on it uh, was brilliant and uh, should be if there were awards for this sort of thing. His would get my vote because <laughs> he oh, was, was spot on. It, it was so
1: it was so good, and it was it was, I read it. I read it on my my way home, and I just wanted to uh, tap the person on the train next to me and say, hey, "You should read this."
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know if you know who the Islanders are. Yeah. But you no, it's, it's that uh, kind of thing. Yeah, it was so it was so good, and I and I can't wait to read it again. If if by some miracle the Islanders make the playoffs this this season, <laughs> I hope I hope that when when the media is all chuffed up about the. Uh, atmosphere at the Coliseum for the playoffs and talking about how they don't make them like they used to about how loud it is and how hard it is to win in that environment for opposing uh, teams just to be like look at read this again and, and tell us what what's different what's different you know like so that that'll be a nice that'll be a nice little chance for us to hopefully point out some hypocrisy in, <laughs> in, in, yeah. in, in the in the hockey universe yeah. hockey twitter universe uh,
0: the, the game the game on thursday definitely changed some minds for sure and uh, i think a lot of people that thought of the coliseum as this sort of you know dirty disgusting dump in the middle of nowhere now see what it is that we see the magic of it and how it can it can be the most unbelievable place you've ever been for just that one moment you know i mean we've all had moments like that at the at that place where it's like i can't believe i'm here you know i can't believe I'm sitting, and for me, it was Game Three of the 2002 playoffs when it was their first playoff game in seven years. And I'm like, I'm going, and they beat the Leafs pretty handily that game. And I, I could still almost feel my body vibrating <laughs> from that entire game. It was it was completely insane. So if, th- yeah. if Thursday's game was that was, for you, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it it, it was it was, and uh, I it just because of the Leafs connection, right? So that that playoff series gets brought up all the time by Islander fans. And when I when I bring it up, like I was like I was there for the Sean Bates play, uh, penalty shot. I was twelve, maybe, wow. eleven or twelve. Not I was about to turn twelve because uh, my birthday's in April. And um, I explained that to people. They're like, "Oh yeah, like what happened?" I was like, "Oh well, the Islanders. That was the first round of the playoffs, and the Islanders lost that series. <laughs> so you can you can you can imagine you can imagine what it would have become, right. you know, or what it will become if the Islanders, you know, ended up having any sort sort of success." Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, you might lift off its, uh into space, <laughs> like uh, so many planes uh, from Mitchell yeah. Field. Uh, have you, to... you have that conversation. You have
1: that conversation with somebody who is maybe an NBA or an NFL fan, and you're like, "Oh, like what? What did that? What did that win accomplish? Oh, well, yeah, it, it evened the first round series at, <laughs> at two games apiece."
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, I think an NFL fan without an NHL. Fandom will won't, won't quite get it, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a magical place, and uh, we saw a little bit more of it this week, which was very special. Uh, so thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. We will be back next week sometime after hopefully the Islanders have collected these points uh, from. Oh, wait, I have to say one more yep. thing.
1: I I I, uh, I need to say that it was also I got to meet a couple people who who I've talked to on Twitter and and who uh, listen to the podcast and um, Rish and the, obviously Johnny and Kevin from Wales. Uh, and it was that was awesome. And we talk a lot about how Twitter sucks, but <laughs> that that when, when it manifests itself yeah. like that in in person, or like those people are already my friends because of you know Twitter and the podcast or whatever. So like actually meeting them was
0: was was splendid. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. Uh, thanks for listening, and and thanks for hoping you enjoyed the game. It sounds like you did. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Always glad to bring uh, more fans onto the Islanders bandwagon. Uh, Thanks very much for again hanging out with us, and we'll be back next week. All right, take care. Bye bye.